it's often the preschoolers that have the money on the line. <laughs> um, it's not always the TK and K kids, mm-hmm. but you know, I have $20,000 paid, you know, or I have $20,000 for this new preschool program. And there was a $2,000 deposit that we're going to lose if they're not potty trained in the next three weeks. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. When I say the words potty training, what feelings bubble up inside of you? Is it, I just don't know how to do it? It's easier just to change the diaper than to try. Is it anxiety? Is it sheer panic? Well, we're back today with Michelle Sweeney. Michelle is CEO, a speaker, consultant, and teacher. She has written The Complete Guide to Potty Training Your Child and been featured on KTLA Channel 5 out of Los Angeles, Parenting OC, and MSN. Her expertise is in all forms of potty training, from birth to childhood, and yes, I said birth. Today, Michelle provides another interview for us. She will talk about family dynamics, situations you can't control, when moms and dads are frustrated, and she'll talk to us a little bit about training the special needs child. If you didn't hear part one of her interview, I suggest you go back and listen. So let's just go in and pick up right where we left off last week. So basically trying to get a caregiver on board um, in any context is important. So you're using the same words, you're using the same kind of rhythms throughout the day of like, oh, we take them after snack time, not before snack time. Um, clearly if your child asks you, but if you're just starting out and trying to have a set rhythm, um, the 15 to 30 minutes thing is crazy to me. Like there's sincerely no child that is healthy that needs to urinate every 30 minutes over the age of six months. So if you're in that boat and you're taking your kiddo every 15 to 30 minutes, it's probably because you read somewhere that you're supposed to do that, but it does not work long-term because it makes your child- Yeah. And it makes your child not fully release their bladder. And then that's where you get more likely to end up with UTIs and bladder infections and all this. So you're wanting to like consolidate the peas, even if it's three peas back to back within 15 minutes, that kind of counts as one pea. They're fully emptying their bladder um, all at one time. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So what about the child that is potty trained Mm-hmm. And but you have that occasional time that you want to put him back in the diaper because you really don't want an accident when you're at a particular place or particular mm-hmm. thing. Do you recommend doing that? And does that cause backsliding if you do that? That they get comfortable um, to go back to wanting that security of the diaper? I don't recommend that. I think that once you start technical potty training, I wouldn't go back to that. There are some rare occasions. If your child has been potty trained, and I don't even care if they've been a hundred percent potty trained. But within the last six months, Mm -hmm. if you're hopping on a plane to anywhere, put like they can wear their underwear, but just put a diaper over top of their underwear because you have no choice about turbulence. Your child could communicate all the best to you, but -hmm. if they have to sit in their seat for an extra 30 minutes, like it's not that they um, needed to pee 30 minutes previous and it's this really short time frame. It's that they said they needed to pee. Maybe it's two hours has already gone by and you're pushing them to two and a half hours and it's just kind of unreasonable. So for the sake of cleanliness and the plane and you just like, okay, it's all right. I know we don't pee pee in our undies, but we have a diaper on today. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you just do what you got to do because 
best. I mean, I've, I've heard of people putting like a toilet on the plane and things like that, but the whole intention of turbulence is that you're supposed to keep your seatbelt on for your safety. So putting your child in a small mini potty in the aisle completely defeats the point of why they're telling you to not go to the bathroom in the first place. Right. So, yeah. But as far as backsliding, I, yeah. So I wouldn't recommend that. I would say skip the birthday party if you need to skip the birthday party, or maybe just, sorry, you can't go in the bounce house till, you know, you can stay dry for a week. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can still attend things, but maybe not in the full context. Like, yeah, we can go to the swim party, but no, you cannot go inside on the carpet right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going to, ha- our family's going to hang out outside by the barbecue and that's what we're going to do. And we're just going to hang out together. And just make it not a gigantic, huge deal. Or if you really want them to go inside, then maybe they go to the bathroom first and then they sit on your lap. So worst case scenario, child's having an accident on you instead of all over someone's, you know, $10,000 white couch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Ideally, that would not happen, right? But Mm -hmm. if you're that, if you're that concerned, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take my kid. I would, you know, let it kind of be willing to focus on the fact that I have been ignoring their need to go to the bathroom for probably two, three, four years at that point and be willing to just kind of focus like, okay, well, I haven't been paying attention. We haven't let it inconvenience us, but now it is. And we're going to help make this transition as easy as possible for our kid. Cause you're basically setting them up for failure. If you stick them into a big kid's party, a bounce house, something with the tons of cousins. Cousins are just the worst. I mean, they're like the bane of potty training. <laughs> I'm like, how, how are people having pee accidents here? You people have been potty trained. And then they make comments but, afterwards. Oh yeah. All the family. Yeah. yeah that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> they're just so fun. Yeah. Cousins have, or can be the highest highs and the lowest lows. Yes. Yes. Okay, you talk to a lot of moms, and what do you say to the mom who is really frustrated because they're seemingly feeling like they're doing everything right, and it's just yeah. not working? What, what what would you say to that mom? Um, I usually don't try not to say much. I usually just try to listen because, mm-hmm. I mean, people are frustrated for valid reasons. Right. So if I just tell them all the things they should be doing or Mm-hmm. You're just going to get fight back, yeah. <laughs> push back. Um, so I think a lot of what I enjoy about how my business is structured now, originally I did classes. So I'd have like 30, 40, 50 people in a class and I would mm. give a presentation and then I would have like 15, 20 minutes for questions and answers. And I realized that people left with more questions than they came with. Mm-hmm. And even though I know it was helpful for, it was very helpful for the elimination communication crowd. I feel like it was a lot more confusing for the potty training crowd. And then I got um, enlisted to publish a book. And I feel like it's sort of the same thing where it's helpful in certain scenarios and it elicits more questions than other scenarios. Mm-hmm. So being able to have a conversation and be like, oh, wow, <laughs> you have had a lot going on. Like, of yeah. course, that's frustrating. And it's reasonable that, you know, when you stepped on foot, in Thailand after a really super long flight that your child all of a sudden is peeing all over the place. Like people have so many things going on that kids do too, right? They're going to have culture shock to some degree, probably. Um, Maybe they're not used to public transportation. Maybe there's just like time zone differences. There's so many reasons. And if I just immediately say like, oh, well, it sounds like you've tried everything too bad. Like this is what you should have been doing. It doesn't help much. So that's not not really a great answer to your question. But for the most part, I just try to understand a little bit more where people are coming from. Because a lot of the times trying something 
means they gave it a one day effort. It's like, no, no, that was a good thing. You have to keep with that or, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that probably isn't going to work for your kiddo. (laughs) You just described them as this really quiet introverted person. And now you're saying that you're encouraging them to go ask the closest adult to need to use the restroom. Like there's a a giant bridge that happens between those two things. And surely you'll be frustrated because it's not, you know, a reasonable expectation to go from point A to point D all in one fell swoop. And I think parents sometimes put too much pressure on themselves to have the expectation that they've been mulling in their head to have it finally, to have it met. And then when it isn't, they get really frustrated and, you know, they just need to be encouraged. It's just keep hanging in there. Yeah. It is the season where a lot of people have kids that they haven't potty trained for years. I mean, so the four and five-year-olds and they have potentially... It's often the preschoolers that have the money on the line. Um, it's not always the TK and K kids, mm-hmm. but you know, I have $20,000 paid, you know, or I have $20,000 for this new preschool program. And there was a $2,000 deposit that we're going to lose if they're not potty trained in the next three weeks. Interesting. Like how did four years just turn into three weeks? Yeah. So we wait, we wait, we wait, and now we have to get it done or, you know, life is awful. Yeah. So, and it, it does have repercussions. So. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned a little earlier about uh, talking to parents who have children who have special needs. What what do you recommend to them? Because they aren't going to learn at the same speed that a so-called neurotypical, normal, yeah. neurotypical child would. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I think that social media definitely has had the biggest des- detriment as far as potty training to the special needs crowd because now they don't only feel like their kids different. They kind of feel ostracized that they can't even do it. When people will say like, I thought I could do it in three days, but it took a month. And then you have the special needs parent who's like, no, like it's been taking me nine months and we haven't gotten one pee in the toilet. Mm -hmm. There are so many special needs parents that I'm like, I would like to hire you because clearly you have given your all and you legitimately have tried everything. And if this were a neurotypical child, you would have potty trained five children in the time that you've gotten three peas in the toilet in the last year Mm -hmm. for your own child. Mm -hmm. So I think the level of sympathy just needs to go up so high. When Mm -hmm. I do in-homes with parents, especially with kids with autism, like it is a different ball game. It is a different ball game than what you even see in a classroom environment with an aide who's there for eight hours. Like these are parents who are there around the clock, day after day, month after month, year after year, taking the kid to all the therapy and the developmental um, assessments and the doctor's appointments. And it just that alone is so exhausting Mm -hmm. that more than anything, I would just say like, give yourself some grace because all the expectations in the world aren't going to potty train your kid. And just because Sally's four-year-old got potty trained late and your child's seven and has never peed in the toilet doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. And it doesn't even mean there's anything quote unquote wrong with your child. It's just who they are and it's who they were made to be. Mm -hmm. And I think if you view it in perspective of like, this is really where we're at and where can we move from here and just stretching out. So I use the analogy of a rubber band a lot of the times. So I'm like, okay, well, there's a rubber band, every kid's rubber band, and how quickly they learn can either be squished together. So maybe you started early, maybe you have an advanced child, maybe you have no special needs going against you. But the kids who have special needs, it's like, there is no point A to B, there's point A to B to C to D, like all the way through the alphabet mm-hmm. to get through the milestones. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that they're hard and they're slow. And it definitely is two steps forward, one step back, sometimes one step forward, two steps back. But I think that if you realize that you also get the chance when things are all stretched out to see every part of that milestone being hit, um, that you can rejoice in that. And so that there is a sense of being able to see things in your child's development that a parent with a neurotypical kid would never potentially even notice. Mm-hmm. Like there are parents who potty train their kids who never say, like, oh, I guess she could pull up her pants and push them down. Whereas you have a kid who's um, neurodivergent and it's been three years that you've been working on this every day and you have an aide and you have a behavioral ther- occupational therapist. And like, you will know when that child can pull up and push down their pants because it has been such a goal and you get to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that every parent gets to celebrate. So as far as special needs, I think my main thing is just one, give yourself some grace and two, like, just realize that you have the child that God gave you and they don't need to change for the sake of what society thinks is normal for potty training. There is no normal. Your child has broken the mold of normal already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, There is no typical, there is just your typical, you know, typical for your child and realizing that you get to go through all the parts of the milestone, which is to some degree really tiresome and can be awful at times because you see all the good and all the bad, but you get to also do the celebrating in all the small contexts that other people don't always get to see. Um, as far as like getting them to the toilet and getting them um, to hit the standards of typical potty training, I think you also need to change your definition of what that looks like. And it might look really different for your family. So like we had a kiddo who was speech delayed. And so she was fully potty trained for months before she associated the word dada with her dad. Like there was a gap in there between the language. She knew who daddy was and she would reach out for him and she'd clap and she'd be happy to see him, but she couldn't verbally express that that was dada until she was 18 months. And like I said, like she was done, done for a good long while before then she would need help and assistance. Like we were saying, um, you know, pushing down pants, wiping and whatnot. But the expectation of saying that she, in order for her to be full potty trained, she would need to come over and ask me to use the bathroom. That I mean, that didn't happen until she was three. And at that point, she seriously could have potty trained another kid. Because if we consider potty training, getting pee and poo in the toilet, getting yourself there, she could do that. Mm-hmm. But then you have people that can t- tell you with special needs that they need to go to the bathroom but their legs are paralyzed and they will never be able to stand up and go and walk to the bathroom. But does that mean that you could get them into a sling and help get them to the bathroom and still get pee and poo in the toilet? Yes, you can. Um, That is possible. And it's reasonable Mm -hmm. even for kids that are speech delayed, even for older adults potentially, but I don't work with adults. I just work through age nine, but it is possible. And if all it means is you're transitioning out of poop diapers even if you just limit it to one less per week, like one less per week for the rest of a human's life is a gigantically life-changing. So if I can go over to someone's, like I was work, working with a, an eight-year-old who was nonverbal and autistic. So he had a lot of sounds that he made, but he didn't have any words at all. Um, like no mama, no dad, dad, no words. But we transitioned within a very short amount of time to him being able to just go in the bathroom and sit on the toilet without a diaper on. 
And within four hours, he was pooping on the toilet. And the mom was like, I don't even understand how this is possible. I'm like, well, I don't know that anybody thought it was possible. So when I talk with families, of special needs parents, especially for home consultations, my gateway question that will stop the process completely is just, do you think that they could be potty trained? And it usually goes something like, well, everyone said he can't be potty trained. The school gave up on him. They told me to just accept he needs to have diapers into adulthood. Like this is, I'm like, no, no, I'm not asking for the world's opinion. I'm asking for your opinion because clearly you contact me for some reason. And if a parent, even shyly is like, no, I really think they can, or at least think they can make progress. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, Cause if the parent doesn't think they can do it, it's a lost cause. Right. But if the parent really does think that there's more involved and there's more communication and there's more ability to whatever it is, maybe it's verbal, maybe it's that they can feel sensation more than people are giving them credit. If they think that they have some sort of ability beyond what's being used, like I am willing to take it the next step mm-hmm. as long as they know that it is A to B to C to D to, and it's a longer process. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be your you know, nonverbal autistic eight-year-old is going to be fully potty trained in two days. Like that's probably just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think most special needs parents know <laughs> their kids and their situations well enough to have not yeah. to not have that unreasonable of expectations. Right, right. Oh, that's so it's so great. You are providing such a wonderful gift mm-hmm. to parents to help them through through this stage of the life that can be a frustrating stage. Yeah. I'm really pleased to be able to talk to you this morning. Now you that's have a fun. book. You wrote a book a couple I do. years ago. Sitting yeah. right here. All right. I would like to link to that in the show notes. And I really like the subtitle. It is. Yeah. It's the complete, I think this might be backwards for you. The complete guide to potty training, the step-by-step plan with expert solution for any mess. (laughs) The the publishing company titled it. I didn't title it. Okay. (laughs) I kind of like it. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So that's great. And then how can parents get a hold of you if they need some uh, a little more connection with you, a little more help, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you have a way? Yeah, for the them? website is definitely the best way. So okay. it's thepottyschool.com, not to be confused with the party school, the potty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Facebook edits things all the time. So thepottyschool.com. Um, yep, there's just different options. So we do phone and virtual consultations, meaning Zoom or telephone calls, and then home consultations. And also there's online courses and an ongoing membership that you can kind of ask questions and go through a course at the same time. That's wonderful. You provide so many avenues of training. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to link to those in the show notes so people can go down to the show notes and click right in and find you very easily. So is there anything else you want to add this morning? Is there anything that that we may have missed or that you would like a closing No, I'm just glad to see you. (laughs) (laughs) the main thing. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. You have been a blessing to uh, parenthood and you continue Mm. to be. And I just am very grateful that you were here this morning. We hope to see you again sometime soon. Thanks for having me, Lori. I really appreciate it. And hopefully this information was helpful to not just as, as advice, but hopefully as encouragement as well to parents. I think it was. Thank you. 
That concludes our two interviews with Michelle Sweeney this week. I hope they were helpful to you. And if you would like to get in touch with her for further help, you can find those links in the show notes. So bye for now, and remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm-hmm.